everyone. Uh, this is Boots on the Ground podcast and I'm your host D-Blex Lesalon. In this new episode, I'm so excited to be speaking with Ania Martin. Ania focuses on work that connects people and nature. She has 15 years of experience in the conservation sector with a strong emphasis on finding the balance for what is good for the earth and good for the people. In 2021, she was selected as one of the 20 African female conservationists to participate in the first cohort of women for the environment in Africa, a leadership program for African women. Her current occupations include being a registered doctoral student at the Environmental Learning Research Center, Rhodes University, founder of the Beach Co-op, understanding and adapting a lead for women for the environment in Africa, and science co-facilitator for, for Homeward Abound. I hope you enjoy this episode and learn something. Karibu, karibu sana. Uh, thank you so much, Ania Martin, uh, for making time to join us on our podcast today, uh, straight from Cape Town, South Africa. Karibu sana to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, Ania, we'll just dive right into it. Uh, could you tell us your story, how it began uh, versus how it's going at the moment? Wow. Well, it began here in Kamisa or Cape Town. It's the place um, that the name Kamisa was given to this place by the indigenous people of this land. And it means um, sweet waters. And it really is that it's a place where mountains meet um, the ocean. And I've been lucky enough to grow up here in Cape Town um, and been able to explore the mountains and oceans that um, are here for us to explore. Of course, it wasn't always that way. Um, you know, we are post our apartheid legacy. But before that and during apartheid, for many black and brown bodies, um, these spaces or some of our more beautiful spaces were not accessible. Um, so I'm really grateful that um, I was able to experience, and I am still today, able to experience some of these spaces that still today not many black and brown bodies can get to uh, or access. And that is largely part of the reason of why I do what I do today. Um, I'm the founder of an organization called The Beach Co-op. It's a nonprofit organization. And it's concerned um, with marine conservation in particular. But what it's built up to become is actually building communities that care for our marine environment. And I've come to realize that having access to these beautiful places and spaces is what makes people care for them. Thank you so much for that introduction, um, Ania. And having uh, having grown up uh, around Cape Town, and as you've mentioned, accessibility was really a challenge while you are young, you know, post-apartheid era. Uh, thank you so much for mentioning that. Uh, I, I'm curious to know, Ania, what what drives your passion for marine conservation and how did your childhood shape or rather uh, make you dive deeper into uh, marine conservation? I was very lucky to have parents that nurtured um, my curiosity. Um, I've always 
loved, actually my first love was to walk in the mountains and, um, and swimming, my swimming journey, my water journey was also one that my parents nurtured. So my, my dad recently, he, um, I asked him where we learned to swim because of course, accessing certain beaches as a brown body wasn't possible during those apartheid years. And um, he told me that he taught us to swim in, in the sea um, and we, he, he took us um, to a stretch of coastline, which we weren't allowed to be at, actually. Um, <laughs> he, he taught us to swim there in the kelp forest, which today has become a very special place for me. It's a place um, where I go, where I go um, for, for many reasons, um, to find joy when I'm feeling sad. It's a place I go to to, to, make, to lift my spirits. Um, and so it's been really interesting to hear that that's actually where he taught us to swim. And whilst I was at school, um, in, in, in high school, the schools became open after Nelson Mandela was released from prison. And um, I was one of the first kind of brown bodies to actually attend a school that was previously only for white people. And um, it was at that school that I met with my geography teacher who became an important figure for me and um, she was also involved in the hiking club so she um, took some of the girls it was a girls school um, on hiking adventures over weekends weekends away and that was how I um, got into hiking and and obviously encouraged by my parents and supported by my parents um, and also walking in the Cedarburg Mountains um, for the first time, which is just north of Cape Town. Beautiful landscape. And the stars are just incredible at night, as you can well imagine. Um, and so that that was a time for me, uh, really at the beginning of this, this phase of wonder and awe when it comes to... Um, you know, understanding nature and, and wanting to share that with others is really what what drives me. Wow, that must have been a very um, fun childhood experience. Um, uh, not so many people get that chance to, you know, grow in these um, uh, places surrounded by natural beauty, the oceans, the mountains, as you just mentioned. Is the kelp forest where we have so many... Um, uh, marine ecosystem and uh, you know is this the place where the octopus teacher was shot my octopus That's teacher correct. okay yes that is correct it is exactly where um in false bay um anyway which is pretty much on my doorstep it's about eight minutes from where i'm currently sitting wow. um and that that is also the place where we started the beach car um at surface corner which is the closest beach um, to my home, to my family home. And it's the place where I surf. And um, it's the place that I take my children if I want to go for a quick outdoor mission. Um, yeah. I'm, I, I, I'm very lucky because I live very close to the ocean. That's my closest um, beach. But I also <laughs> live very close to another park called Silvermine, which is the mountains and there's a, a man-made dam that you can swim in as well. So between fresh water and salty water, 
<laughs> and actually, yeah, I mean, the, the Beach Co-op has been doing cleanups at Surface Corner for, I think, almost eight years, every new moon. So, you know, it, it's quite significant that we do it at new moon because that's when the tide is at its lowest. Okay. So we're able to clean the rocky shore there. And we've seen a significant change in the amount of litter that we collect because of this long-term um, project. Great. Uh, we will talk about the Beach Corp and uh, the amazing, amazing work you do involving the local communities and the events that you also organize across the calendar year. But Ani, I wanted to understand, did you study marine conservation back in school or biological something? <laughs> Take us through that. Yeah, that's a very good question because, no, I actually didn't um, study anything marine specifically related. Um, I studied geography, um, in, so environmental and geographical science in, in, at university. Yeah. Um, and I did my honors in atmospheric science because at the time I had a bursary um, and from the Weather Bureau. And how it happens with, with tertiary education, my dad was very clear with us that he would support us all the way when it comes to our education. But for our tertiary education, we would need to find a way to um, fund our education. Yeah, and I really um, appreciate that he he created that for us because then you know you really value um, what it is you're learning and respect and honor um, how much goes into nurturing your own self, right? Sure, so sure, educating sure. your own self, yeah, and taking it, taking it more seriously than you would if it was just given to you. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so I, I that's what I, I studied. And I started working straight after completing my honors um, at an organization called WWF South Africa. Um, and they, they took me on board. And it was quite a junior position working um, in the climate change program then and then for some of the time in the marine program. Yeah. And at one point, I needed to make a decision about which way I would go. And I decided to go the marine route. Um, and that led me to doing my master's whilst I was working at WWF. And my master's focused on co-management um, of the muscle resource. So working with communities on our wild coast here in South Africa, which is on the east coast of South Africa. Um, and, and, and trying to understand how we harvest um, our muscle resource sustainably. Mm. Wow, I'm sure it was a no-brainer for you to go the marine way, basing your experience, <laughs> childhood experience growing up and doing swimming in the kelp uh, forest and, you know, being surrounded by water everywhere. Okay, Ania, let's switch on gears now and talk a bit about the threats facing our oceans today. Uh, because there are so many benefits that we draw from the ocean and as communities that live, uh, the water-dependent communities that depend on these uh, oceans for livelihoods, you know, we have tourism playing a very key role. We have uh, research also going on in there. According to you, Ania, what are some of the biggest threats facing our oceans today? You can just base your experience uh, on the areas that you have worked worked on. Well, I would definitely say overfishing is a key um, threat to our marine environment. Um, 
of course, there's climate change, which comes about through various reasons. And, um, you know, the, the effects of, of plastic pollution have also become a major threat to our marine life. Um, and all of these, these aspects and threats and barriers seem very daunting, but I think every little bit um, helps. And if we each play a role, um, we can make a difference. And that is to say as well that some of us have had more of an impact than others. Um, it does matter who um, takes responsibility and, and takes care because not all of us have the capacity or have had the privilege, shall I say, to um, live a certain lifestyle. And so it's very important that, you know, that is also considered in your contribution um, and how you play a role as an individual. Thank you, Ania. And um, I'm sure th these are the threats, these, seeing these threats from, you know, growing up, they were different. They morphed into, you know, maybe so much, so many plastic pollution. Climate change is, has been a very big driver and a threat, you know. I'm sure this is how you, you, you you came about to form Beach Corp. Uh, could you take us through the backstory, uh, the idea uh, of forming this great organization, and um, uh, take us through some of the projects that you helped run at the local level? Yes, sure. I mean, it didn't actually. It started out very much as a volunteer program or organization. I had been um, away from working full-time for about four years because I'd become a mother, and I was looking to give back to the environment, um, to, to the beach, the place that I love, that I surf at, and that I was spending lots of time with, with um, my eldest son at the time. And so because of that, I reached out to some of my old colleagues at WWF and um, I, I asked uh, some of the experts, the marine experts, what um, was needed, was if there were any projects that, that um, I could contribute towards. And Professor Peter Ryan, um, he got back to me and he was keen to look at how much plastic pollution we would find in the rocky shore versus sandy beaches, which is where he's mainly done his research for the last 40 or so years. So um, it was through Peter um, that, you know, it, it's his project and his suggestion that attracted me the most, and that is how the Beach Carp came to be um, at Surfer's Corner, again, being a place close to, to where I live. Yeah, and really wanting to engage with um, communities that um, also reside in this area, um, and and bringing us all together to make a, a bigger impact. And so we started cleaning um, Surface Corner every new moon. But what Peter also suggested and recommended is um, getting citizens involved in uh, what he what he calls the dirty dozen methodology. And so this is something we adopted. And when we host sandy beach cleanups, we use this methodology. Um, and it's the top 12 most commonly found items on our beaches in South Africa that we get the citizens to help us count. And in this process of counting the lollipop sticks, the 
um, water bottles, the chip packets. Um, we're hoping that it creates um, a sense of how much waste there is and potentially when you go to the shops, how you choose items that have less plastic in them. Yeah. So, so, so you know, we host many events. We work with corporates as well and we do corporate events. And um, we've tried to change change around kind of the way we approach an event by making it more inclusive. So we've worked with graffiti artists, for example, um, to depict on some of our beach walkways the images of plants and animals that reside in our oceans. Um, and we've worked with dancers and with poets, um, again, to reach a wider audience and make what we're trying to achieve, which is a healthy, clean environment, um, more tangible to those that don't necessarily understand why it is important to look after and care for our marine environment. Awesome. I love your approach of making it seem cool, you know, with the graffiti, with everything, everything that you incorporate to, you know, draw in the numbers there. And Ania, uh, why is it important to include, uh, uh, sorry, to uh, to build communities that care for, for, for our marine life? I think it's important not only for, my, for our marine um, life, but for our environment in general. We aren't going to be able to um, benefit from healthy environments if there's only one kind of person caring for it. We all need to do it. And so from all different work, walks of life, all diverse backgrounds, um, every single one of us have, has a role to, to play. And so building these communities is um, essential to having a healthy environment for us to continue surviving. Thank you for that, Ania. And ever since you started, Ania, uh, could you share uh, what's your biggest challenge that you have come across so far and uh, your most rewarding success uh, running Beach Corp and uh, all these other uh, side, uh, you know, initiatives that you run to, to keep our oceans healthy and communities, local communities are thriving. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest challenge for me is finding funders that understand this process-driven way of working because there aren't necessarily outputs when you're working with communities to, to, to build communities that care. Um, it's very hard to have specific outputs to demonstrate upfront what you will be achieving. So that's been very challenging. And then, you know, you mentioned the other projects that I've been involved with. I also work for an organization called Women for the Environment in Africa, as well as um, an organization called Homeward Bound. And both of these organizations are um, premised on women leadership in the environmental sector um, and, and um, encouraging women leaders. And so for me, the highlight more recently is is working with women and even in even at the beach carp it's a woman led organization um and i feel very strongly about this when i started the beach carp i was also looking for something that would bring me joy in the workplace but would be flexible and allow me the space to be a mother at the same time as being uh, a working person wow um, 
yeah so it's it's yeah that that's what brings me joy is also you know sharing that with other women and creating space for us um in in quite a challenging patriarchal male dominant dominant sector the conservation environmental sector is very much male dominated and white male dominated at that true i totally agree with you and i la- that's very powerful actually bringing in inclusivity uh, uh and uh, ensuring that women representation is 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 put first priority uh, and ania how have partnerships and collaborations helped steer your vision for uh, the conservation of our oceans forward at beach cop um partnerships are absolutely crucial we wouldn't be anything um without our partners and i think even as individuals you know we we can't <laughs> we can't um live without the relationships we have with humans and the more than human entities that we share this planet with and so i would say that you know it's through the collaborations with artists with scientists with corporates with poets um that we're able to achieve what we have achieved there is no way that we would be able to do it um on our own so very very grateful to having partners um that understand the way we work and that um want to work alongside us in this way thank you ania ania could you tell us what what do you enjoy most about your work i think i enjoy it's twofold i enjoy being with people and coming up with ideas to address some problems that we face and how we get around them and and improve the situation i really enjoy that and um i enjoy spending time in nature and so you know having the quiet time as well to reflect and think and digest is really important for me too um and and i feel that working at the beach cop allows me and gives me the space to do both of those things. Thank you for sharing that uh, Ania and as we near the completion of this chat uh, Ania how can our listeners support Beachcop and other conservation initiatives that you run? Well it would be wonderful if you were able to donate to us so you can find us online www.thebeachcop.org um and reach out to us there you can make a donation there or send us an email if you're in cape town you more than welcome to join us at a beach cleaner you can sign up to our newsletter to find out more or to find out when we're hosting cleanups and yeah be in touch and and let us know if there are any projects that you're thinking of starting where you live and if you need some support and advice we'd be willing to share with you our dirty dozen methodology for example or any other resources that you may need thank thank you for that ania and any message to anyone listening to you out there right now uh they have uh, this incredible idea uh, they want to start um an initiative you know to 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 safeguard our environment to rally people to voice you know their issues across and to you know take africa to the next level really in terms of uh, biodiversity preservation and caring for nature and the environment uh what can you say to our young people uh today 
I'd like to quote something um, by Bell Hooks, if I may. And she says, when we love the earth, we are able to love ourselves more fully. I believe this. The ancestors taught me it was so. Powerful, powerful. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ania. Asante sana for making time uh, to come to our show today. It was really an honor to have you. Thank you so much. Asante, asante. Bye. Bye. A huge thank you for taking time to listen to this great conversation. Kindly be sure to leave a review in your favorite podcast listening app for free today. Follow us on social media to get updates on when fresh episodes are released. Yours truly, Diblex. Until next time, stay safe and stay blessed. Kwaheri.